Good afternoon out there, people of the Plannerverse. Welcome to episode 37, the one where Steve Morton says our podcast has finally had 2.2 children. Hello! Hello. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> yes, it's 37. It's, it's, it's reached that sort of age, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, the gruesome twosome is back. It's me and Steve. Hi, me. Hi, Steve. and today we have a fantastic theme for you uh this theme was brought to us by the illustrious kim kiabu over in hawaii hello kim and (laughs) so cue the hawaiian music right steve's doing or he's attempting to do what looks like a hula uh, on the screen <laughs> and no you don't want me taking a picture of that trust me that, that no, 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 no. not happening not a pretty sight <laughs> um, kim thought of a very clever topic she has a few topics that she sent to us for consideration and this one really stood out for me which was what do we the gruesome twosome think productivity means and what do we consider to be productive. In other words, what actions or tasks or completions allow us to reach the metric of understanding that we have been productive in a said hour or said day. And so I turn the microphone over to my esteemed colleague, Steve Morton, who will attempt to inform me of what his definition of productivity is. Steve? (laughs) It's... This one is an interesting topic, actually, from the point of view that thinking back to my days of work, um, and I'm going back in this particular instance, um, back more than 15 years now, I suppose, 15, 20 years ago, I suppose, when um, management in their infinite wisdom... (laughs) Sorry, I always have to laugh when someone (laughs) says that. (laughs) Would... Would try to measure the, the, our productivity mm. based on some strange concepts of uh, of you, you've done this much work or you've you've booked this much time as admin tasks compared to how much time you've booked as project tasks. Yes, <laughs> they hadn't reckoned on us though, had they? <laughs> no, they hadn't. <laughs> Because you tell us what you want to know, and we'll tell you exactly to that. We won't tell you that we've achieved more than that, because no, because you'll want better than that next year. No, no, we'll always just meet that target. (laughs) (laughs) So I always sort of chuckle to myself when I uh, hear mention of how productive Mm. are you. In actual fact, though, joking aside, I... Was all we were always concerned that we weren't productive where I worked, and we thought we're not really very good at this, <laughs> are we? Don't don't tell the Yet. bosses. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell the bosses. No, no. We'll we'll tell them what they yeah. want to know. Um, when I then changed jobs in two thousand and five and went to a much bigger organisation with bigger, grander ideas and much more rigid processes and you'll do this this way and you'll do that that way and I'm you, you, you don't say well we didn't do that at the, my last place no, that's no, the no, wrong no. thing to say to that. that's, that's not how we the did it in... yeah no 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 not going there because you're just a lone voice 
because the the thing that comes back is we've always done right. it this way or we've done it this way for the last 20 years <laughs> as would be the case and but sort of you know standing back for a moment and sort of comparing one organization to the other and thinking well we may have been ashamed of ourselves back in the old days but we got an awful lot more work out through mm. the door than this lot will ever do because <laughs> they basically swamp themselves in processes and this and that which sort of hindered people in being productive in a way they get wrapped up in the process um, instead of actually doing the work, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, you would spend half Let's go to 10,000 meetings. Processing right. all of the sort of the things to go with it um, and not getting anywhere fast. Mm. Now, before I get too carried away in nostalgia, um, where is this in relation to planning? And the thing that springs to mind immediately is... If your planner is stopping you being productive, then you're sp spending too much time in your planner. Planner, you know, sort of dictating. The planner is dictating what you're doing. You've gotten doing caught up in the process, in other words, again. Yeah, you've got. You're, you're spending too much time writing and less time mm. doing. We should be doing more stuff, and you know, the planner should be there to remind us of what we need to do. But it's not the means to the end. Right. If right. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whilst I love seeing these people that have got, you know, they've got beautifully laid out planners and their handwriting Hate is Hate mail will come in oh, three, wish. two, one. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you attack yes. my planner layout? No, no, I'm not mentioning any <laughs> names, of course. Because um, it can't be mine because my handwriting's terrible. Um, but... You know, I, I sort of love using my planner. Don't get me wrong. Far from it. it. It helps me through each day, each week, and all the rest of it. Helps you know which day of the week it is even sometimes, <laughs> which is quite um, remarkable. Um, and, you know, so we sort of, we all sort of want to use our planners more and more and more. But there is a sort of a tipping point, I mm. think, in this, this argument where, you can take it to a certain point where it starts to, you know, the actual benefits from doing it start to do. The you know, law the actual, of diminishing returns, the amount right? Of time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got it. So you, you end up at the point of sort of, you know, you get too far into it that, you know, you just, you've got no time to do anything because you're spending all your time noting down what you should be doing. Right. And, you know, it just gets out of hand in a way. Um, well, I can I consider so, productivity on my end to be any time that I have the result in hand. So whatever tasking mm. I had set up for myself, I am productive when said tasking is complete and I have produced work. So it's sort of like that old mm. formulaic school, what does work mean? Work equals power over whatever it was. I can't remember. Energy exerted over. Um, but it really is that simple in my mind. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the rare occasion that I do agree with you, Steve, is that <laughs> productivity really is the is the process of doing work. And so if you find yourself getting caught up in the process of planning and to set up the, the success point of productivity or, or being productive, then you have failed in being productive and you have succeeded in planning and processing. Right. Would you agree? <laughs> mm. There's there's. 
there are several times, most weeks, <laughs> for me, where I sort of got a list of tasks, but I don't know which one to ah, start yeah. next. You know, you're right, you you want to do both of them, but you can't do does both. It, does it hinder you? Do you find yourself in a point of inaction as a result of not knowing where to start? Sometimes. So sometimes I look at my list and think, right, what's the easiest one to pick off on this list in terms of, you know, easy, you know, eat quick mm. wins. What's the quickest one I can do? Get it out of the way. In actual fact, they might be out of order. The one that I do might be sort of further away in needs sure. to be done further in the way in time than the one that's going to take a bit more work. But in a way, I want to sort of clear the other one out of my mind. I'm going through literally this sort of situation this week almost where I've got the sort of the backbones of something I'm going to be uh -huh. writing, which is going to include pictures and all the usual stuff. But I've not started it yet. It's it's still all in my head, which is yep. bad. Yep. Um, but you know, it's going to be fairly sort of typical of the sort of stuff I do. So it's it's not totally um, new, if you like. So, um, and I've done some photographs already, and that that's that's the normal starting point for me. Is do the photos first, then you just tell in the story around the pictures, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, sometimes this morning I sort of thought, oh, should I start that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Let's do that one because that's you know that's eighty percent done. It's sitting in the background. It just needs all assembling and some links putting in. Do that one. Get, get that one out of the yeah. way. So it's there are quite a lot of instances where if I can pick off the easy ones. I'm feeling more productive because then I can sort of go through the day and say, oh, I managed to get sort of two things on for but my I list. Know, sort of I know from today. my experience that I used to be very unproductive, um, even when I had set up my tasks for the day, because I would find mm. myself doing things that don't really produce results. So, for example, mm. uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here as we don't have a script and we usually come up with examples on the fly. Um, <laughs> but, for example, tidying up a desk is something that needs to get done for me if I want to get down to be able to work. But tidying up mm. a desk doesn't actually produce income from an entrepreneurial point of view. It's just no. a process that allows me to sit down to do the work that will bring in the income. So there has to be a, a, and that's why I like context so much, because it allows me to decide whether I want to be indoors working or outdoors doing errands and so on. And whether it's indoors at the mm. desk, is it is it anything that's bringing me closer to my final product? Is it pushing my business forward? Is whatever action I'm taking, is it something that's allowing me to finalize or close a loop that has been left open for quite some time? And that's what I consider the mm. productive work is when I'm doing it with someone in front of someone or allowing the work to generate more work. That that, that And that's horrible in, in a sense, like, why are you generating work? Mm. Well, because you know, I need to live for a living. That's what I... Yeah. And it, it's very difficult for, you know, businesses that are only a sort of single yep. person business where they've actually got to go chasing the business uh, as well as trying to, you know, do the job of whatever it is they're producing or whatever service they're providing you know and it's sort of finding the balance of how much time do you spend on marketing and chasing the next sort of client the next job or whatever 
against how much time you actually allow for actually doing that work, whatever it might be. And you could almost sort of, you, you might have to sort of vary that amount of time um, between the two. But, you know, if, if you don't do one, the other one's not going to happen. Well, and, yeah, that, and, and that's why I, I learned a while back that I, I have a team now that I use. It's called my always team. I always go to these people when I need help. For example, mm. with accounting, with bookkeeping, with marketing, with whatever it is. I go to the yep. professionals because it's I would rather spend that time doing what I do best. What I do best is writing. I do resumes. I do uh, making sure content gets out, making sure it's clear, it's edited, it's clear, it's fine. Uh, that's the best use of my time. If I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to use a software, that is me being unproductive and not just that, but I'm losing money on top of that because now I'm not doing the work I should mm. be doing. And so I have an always yeah. team that I have assembled and I designate or delegate the work that I have that I know needs to be done. I just give it to them so that they can take care of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's having building up these contacts, though, isn't it, I suppose, in a way yeah. that to, to maximize on your availability to doing the, the, the work, as it were. Um, certainly, I got into a situation last night, I've been sort of working on something off and on for sort of several days it's been sort of i'll oh, do a bit more here do a bit more there and you get to the getting close to the deadline you suddenly think oh no i've suddenly forgotten i need a picture for this thing so you quickly sort of grab whatever you need and you know take it upstairs and do fortunately it all came together and one picture and that was it Brilliant. What was it Douglas Adams said about deadlines? He loves the whooshing sound they make as they fly by. <laughs> I, I, deadlines yeah. are great. I think it increases productivity only because it allows the framework to be uh, ingrained. And I, I don't, I've noticed that people do the same amount of work in one hour that they would do in one week. If you tell them that they have mm. only one hour to do that job, what normally yeah. would have taken them one week, they can get done in one hour because of the parameters that have been set up. I'm not some slave driver. I'm not mean. But I just noticed that people, including me, I get more work done mm. when there's a horrible deadline looming. Mm. It, sort of in productivity terms, you know, this sort of blocking of time, for various things, even if it's you know that block of time I'm going to watch TV or right. I'm going to you know that's when I'm going to have my lunch or whatever, that will help you focus on the sort of task at hand. And having those little breaks through the day will certainly give you time to sort of think about things in a sort of away from the desk or from whatever you're doing to let you sort of that will then most probably trigger other thoughts rather than you just trying to constantly do it non-stop because you've got no breaks to it you know and you'll suddenly remember something when it's too late unless you're using the pomodoro technique i've told you about that oh, one right steve you yeah. have told me about i love that, that yes. technique because it allows me to sit and focus for 20 or 25 minutes in one shot and I am uninterrupted for those 20 or 25 minutes. Then I can go on mm -hmm. and have a break. And as you say, the moment I leave the desk is when all the ideas come flying back into my yeah. brain. And so I can come back refreshed or as the Pomodoro technique insists, you frustrate your brain to a point where it's ready to hit the task again as it sits down. So you're not really giving it too much flex time, which is great for the brain because it likes to exercise. Mm. It is a muscle. You can use it. <laughs> <laughs> give it some, give it some oxygen give it some sugar it'll be good <laughs> it's all good 
I've been sort of um, this this sort of last week or so. I've been sort of sort of plowing through things in the usual sort of way, but sort of sort of concentrating on sort of getting some of the long term things out the way. Um, sort of conscious of you know the the, the seasons are changing and all yeah. the rest of it, and it sort of puts a different emphasis, I think, where not every day is a sunny day sort of thing. So you know that uh, you've got to sort of pay more attention to um, what's going on outside compared to you know where you are in the week and all the rest of it. So to actually sort of get things get through your sort of normal schedule and um then sort of slot things in you know move things around within your schedule mm. sort of thing so to make allowance for things to be being flexible i think is also another good thing in terms of improving your productivity if you're too rigid in your uh, scheduling mm. of things then you know you're going to fail uh, more than you're going to succeed i think i i agree with you i think there has to be some flexibility but not the kind that you're thinking perhaps one of my biggest issues is that when i get stressed out with work or deadlines or whatever's coming at me i have a tendency to not use my planner and that's exactly when i need to use Ooh. my planner is when i'm stressed out yeah. i think to myself well you know what i i don't need to write this down right now i've got it i just want to move on to the next thing because it's coming up and i've got to mm. i've got to catch this train as it rides out the station i've just got to get mm. on this train and sure enough three, four other things will come by and I'll say, I don't need to write them down. And those things will catch up with me at the end of the week. And that's mm. me being unproductive. I've got to find a, a mechanism that allows me to slow down, slow the train, slow whatever fire needs to be put out at that moment and be able to regroup. Yeah. And that's the process that allows me to find productivity or refine productivity during the week when it's gone off rails. But rigidity within the scheduling system or planning system should only be as rigid as your your outcomes want to be i would think i agree with you on this one steve if you're so rigid that you can't adjust and you can't make for different plans or allow for life to happen as you're planning then all you're going to do is win the battle but lose the war <laughs> you're going to you're going to have mm. succeeded in in your tasks but all the other things that are happening around you will have fallen flat sort of Falling on yeah, the wayside, yeah. sort of thing, along the way, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, you, you need to then go back again and revisit so many things. Nothing worse than having to go back to something and then try and pick up the, the debris. The worst of it. possible thing that I have seen that has happened to me is that sinking feeling of seeing an email where there was vital information in it and not having that information not recorded in a planner so that somebody's like, oh yeah, that meeting that we're having tomorrow and you're just like, oh my God, what meeting? Dear God, I just happened to come by this email. What if I didn't look right now? And that's the kind of stuff that I try to fight against and push into my planner so that my planner is a representative of what's going on in my emails. My emails is are not a to-do list. I don't like it. People use emails no. as a to-do list and it frustrates me to no end. It, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's a never-ending battle. These emails will come and they'll will come yeah. and there is no stopping them. You have got to at some point take control of it and say, this is what I'm dealing with this week. And then next week is... I hate, I hate full inbox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just... <laughs> sort of almost self-defeating in a way there's nothing the best thing i often do is 
I, you know, you, you as usual, you get signed up for something because of you know the you register on a site for something, and then of course then they suddenly start start emailing you with this and that, and sometimes it's not quite so bad. It might be once a month or once a quarter, and you can cope with that. But when you suddenly start getting them sort of every other day, mm. it's sort of time to sort of go down into the small print at the bottom where it says unsubscribe or change your email preferences here. Click. One of the best <laughs> things I ever did for my productivity is turn off the tones and the bings and the beeps and all the stuff that goes off yeah. either on the computer or on the phone. Um, I don't respond to emails anymore using phone unless it's a very short blip message. I I don't find the same level of productivity that I would find seated at my desk in front of my computer whilst responding to an email, mm. and I would like to give mm. those emails my full attention when I do get them. Mm. So, but uh, turning off all the sounds and why? Why do I need to be notified that 75 yeah. emails have come in just now? Is that really? Am I going to be stopping what I'm doing to answer those emails? No. Then why am I mm. being notified? So I insist yeah. on I turned off the notifications off. for Facebook some weeks ago, and it's far less distracting. Otherwise, you're doing some important work. Oh, look, right. Facebook. Right, and so, but then <laughs> that doesn't allow you to focus on whatever it is you were doing at that moment. And so there goes the quality of life right there, is in the little things, yeah. is in the details, and being able to mm. quiet or quell these notifications. The, the, the sort of number of times, because I often literally on a daily basis i ended up copying links from you know blog posts or whatever into facebook mm. groups the number of times i i go to the the blog go right click copy link go to facebook and then lots of other <laughs> things happen and i close facebook thinking gotta get out of there quick get out before just... it catches me. and then i haven't actually done the, what i intended to do so I have to go and think, oh, have I still got it in, in, in yeah. clipboard or not? Oh, right click, copy link, go back in there It's again. like a busy mall at Christmas time. You walk in thinking, I need to buy yeah. a pair of socks, and you walk out going, I've got three Santas and two snowmen, and I haven't bought my socks, right? He's like, what, what have <laughs> yeah. I done? Or, or the, the other classic is going around the supermarket. You've got a full bag of food, but no meals. <laughs> You've got... Lots of nice Nothing things. Nothing on your to, list, though. <laughs> maybe you, yeah, but you didn't have a list. You went in without yeah, a list. Yeah. Classic yeah. thing, mistake. Yeah. You know, I only shop to a list, and occasionally something will spring into my mind that, um, you know, I need that wasn't on the and, list. And but using and using that, that example of of stringency, if you were to go into grocery shopping with a list and stuck only to your list and didn't look left or right, you would also miss out on the nice things that are available. Maybe there's a wonderful sale that you wanted to have. I don't know. Maybe apples are on sale that day. You wouldn't know because you're being so stringent and staying on your list. And I think that's what you were talking about earlier is allowing some flexibility yeah. to say, oh, well, I am baking an apple pie. Mm. Perhaps I should be buying some apples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the list is written in one order as, as it gets added, but I end up still trying to, well, I don't necessarily sort of work out what's what because I, you know, I end up dashing here, there, and everywhere. It's just good exercise, mm -hmm. I suppose. <laughs> well, that's why I contextualize everything. I like having those contexts because it tells me where I'm going to be and where I'm going to be spending my time, and then I have a good image of how my day is going to play out. So even if I'm not at my desk, mm. I know what I'm doing away from my desk, and I can 
prepare mm. and take the necessary documents with me or take the correct planner with me to have with me when I'm going out. The, the, the correct, correct planner. planner. There is only one planner. <laughs> there is only one planner. The one planner to rule them all. <laughs> yes. That's the. I'm a changed person these days. You, you are. And I'm actually, let's, let's get into that, seeing as uh, where we're at in the podcast. I wanted to share with our audience the fact that I'm still in my desk facts, uh, York uh, B5 desk facts, and I am contemplating this week going back to a two-planner system <laughs> where, it's going to end where in tears. I'm going to be using a medium personal-sized planner no. to keep track of all of the books and movies and other things that are just tracked. Just I want to have the yeah. thing, the list of things that I... I'll let you yeah, off. Yeah, is that then. okay? Thank you. I'm not going to be doing any planning. Yeah, I'll in let it. you off. So there's two physical planners I'm going to be carrying, but only one of them will have a calendar. As always, I have always said this, there's only one calendar, never exists in two or three planners. Um, but all the other <laughs> stuff that I'm tracking, I miss having my book list with me. I miss having uh, my list of shopping goods and pantry items and makeup items and all the stuff that I like to have as my lists. I miss having them with me. Mm. And I don't want to have to recreate that into my desk facts. I like it in personal style. It's just very mm, mm. convenient. So <laughs> so what about you, Steve? What are you carrying this week? The, well, I'm still only using A5, which is working remarkably well. I managed to... Um, Move up to 25 mil ring Ooh, size. Ooh, he's now. moved from 20 to 25. Uh, being more sort of typical. <laughs> yeah, you know, really getting up to the sizes here. Um, but I'm finding it's working really well because um, not too worried too f so far about um, what's happening in 2017. Although I've got year planner and I've got, I think it's about four or five months of my normal inserts in there but i tend to, i don't even don't even have any dividers in this thing <laughs> i just rely on two um today markers one in this week and one in this month because i just flip between you know the two, wow the i do the thing. same thing i don't have dividers in my planners and everyone's like how do you keep no. it so neat i just don't put stuff in it that i don't use <laughs> i only yeah. keep two rulers in there. i did actually spend some time um the other week Sorting out my large ringed uh, van der Speck down into just the reference material. And I worked through that. And one of the things I have done is I've removed the spur pages that I, were, I wasn't using. All, right. you know, all the spur pages I've actually put back into the box with all my other spur inserts. So there's no spur uh, pages or anything. It's just purely the information that I've got. Plus it has the rest of my 2017 inserts ready for to... For our listening audience, Steve is head down into his planner, pulling... Disappearing <laughs> he's off not the disappeared off the screen yet, but he's just <laughs> in it. And he's pulling things out or looking at them as if they were yeah. his children. I kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing with this is I... I tend to leave the large ring job um, with all the reference stuff on the desk, uh, just sort of closed and sort of upright like a book. I don't actually um, leave it open because I don't really need sort of... It's it's there if I need it. But the one that sort of goes around with me, even, you know, take it upstairs or whatever, 
is you know just a standard sort of a5 with 25 mil rings but because it's got slightly bigger rings but not as much paper in there it's nice and light i can stick it in my bag i can refer to it i can record in the thing when i'm out and about even now and i do that on quite a lot of occasions where i suddenly think of something oh that's a good idea must remember that and it goes and um Away we Do you go. find that you're more productive but now it, with uh, the smaller? I think smaller I rings? am because I, it's sort of got rid of this sort of confusion between well, do I record it in this mm. one or do I put it in that one? What do I leave in? What do I leave out? And it's sort of swapping between. So the you're two really a convert now from people that used to use a satellite planner and a main planner. Yeah. You've become a one planner man. One planner person, almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I do only have the one. There are two planner inserts, but they're two, totally separate right. in um, sort of form and function. But yeah. Well, where can we find you this week, Steve? In the usual sort of hiding places of filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and on Instagrams as Mr. Filofaxi. On Instagram, you can find me too as Karina Tovmasian, and you can find me at planerology.com and planerology all over Facebook.